1: For years, Joe Ferguson was the city of Chicago's lead watchdog. He went head-to-head with three mayoral administrations, investigating waste, fraud, and corruption in city government. Now the former inspector general is stepping into a new watchdog role. In January, Joe Ferguson will be the new president of the Civic Federation, the nonpartisan research group that pushes city and state governments to be fiscally responsible. Now in this new role, he replaces financial expert Lawrence Massal, the Federation's last president, who died earlier this year. So we sat down with Joe Ferguson to talk about the work that he'll be doing and the direction he wants to take the Civic Federation. He started off by telling us why he was interested in the position. Here's Joe.
0: It's very much aligned with the old position and the work that I've been doing in government for a long time. This is about better government Um, During uh, Lawrence Massal's time, there was a special focus and emphasis on the financial part. But the broader mission of the 130-year-old Civic Federation Mm -hmm. is effectiveness and efficiency in government. And so it spans more broadly. And, you know, the complementary goods uh, that I bring to the table, I hope, within the line sort of mission perspective.
1: Yeah. And and let's talk about some of the uh, issues that we're facing right now in this city and and sort of how they would, would tie in with your new gig, shall we? I want to start with a, one of the biggest fiscal challenges, which is the migrant crisis right now, right? Uh, the Civic Federation said last month that the city must develop a better plan to fund migrant services. What do you think?
0: Um, absolutely the case. So uh, I, the, the the city and Mayor Johnson um, dealing with what all new mayors deal with is learning on the fly and and, and passing a budget on the fly, um, has passed a technically from a legal perspective balanced budget, but structurally it's not balanced because we all know that the amount of money that has been uh, appropriated for the purpose of migrant services is not remotely enough. That's one. Mm-hmm. Um, two, um, where the funding is going to come from to meet what, what is being called for and what hasn't been called for yet. Still is unclear, so um, that's a pretty significant budgetary issue, um, finance revenue issue, um, and it's also a humanitarian issue, and um, that ties into um, uh, actually an aspect of finances generally that I don't think are emphasized enough. We have huge debt, we have pension burdens, mm-hmm. we have structural deficits going back for a long time that re- re- requires us to carry debt. We have to f- we have to issue bonds at times. Not good practice, but we do it for operating expenses. All of that debt crowds out our capacity to actually pay for the social services that are needed. The Lincoln Land Institute issued a study a few years ago saying the things that the people most in need, need from local government, are what debt always crowds out. So Mm -hmm. this is an important message on fiscal responsibility.
1: Yeah, I mean, and while that's happening, we know that there are existing unhoused Chicagoans, right? Um, How do you do that? How do you streamline the process of creating housing in Chicago? And where might there be a holdup in making that happen?
0: Um, So both the the state and the city have emergency authority to suspend certain rules. Ultimately, we want everything to be done safely. But we have the history and the practice to know what matters in the moment and what can be deferred. Right. And the whole Brighton Park issue was. We were deferring something that shouldn't have been deferred and should have been assessed at the front end before we started. Down the environmental the concerns, you mean? Absolutely. Um, and so th- things can be streamlined for the purpose of meeting the emergent moment. But at the same time, we also have to be doing the longer-term work. Okay, what's our objective here? Do we want to have actual assets to the community and to the city for affordable housing? And if we're going to do that, let's do that as we're dealing with the emergency through proper procurement procedures um, and utilizing the regulatory system the way it was designed to be.
1: Yeah. What do you think about bringing Chicago home?
0: <laughs> that is a political hot potato. Um, I think the thing that's of concern about it is – Um, nobody at any place on the the political and ideological spectrum has confidence right now that we know how the money is going to be used because there hasn't been a specification of where the money is going to go and specific programs it's going to be applied to and how and when.
1: Yeah. Well, what would a better system look like, you think? uh, Just sum it up for us, for for funding migrant services because it seems like the costs are going to continue to grow, right? Bus loads and planes are are still arriving here?
0: Yep. And and that's all. So look, 14, 15 months ago, we didn't know what we were dealing with. That was an emergency, right? That was a crisis. Um, the crisis that exists right now is as much our own making for having failed to actually do the regular work to understand this is what our larger need is. This is the plan that we're going to need for that. So we're, we continue to be in a crisis. We have to deal with the crisis, but we also have to have this parallel lane where we're saying, you know what? These are our ultimate objectives. We either do or we don't want these folks to be residents of the city of Chicago long-term, to work here, and and to be regularly housed. And if we want that, we have to separately be providing for it. And we have to marshal the support of the business community. We have to marshal the support of other governmental bodies, all within the context of a very specific plan. Unfortunately, we haven't seen a plan yet.
1: I want to talk about the city council itself. For a bit. Uh, there's been some back and forth about seating arrangements at city council meetings. We talked about it just yesterday on the program. And, and by the time we talked about it, our information <laughs> was wrong about an hour later, yep. right? Because it, it just kept changing. Now, requiring IDs and, and reservations uh, was on the table to, to be able to sit on the second floor gallery. W- what did you make of the changes initially?
0: Um, I'm going to put on my law professor hat. Um, We're dealing with the First Amendment here, the First Amendment enriched by things like the Open Meetings Act and principles of participatory democracy. Um, And what this was was a constraint that had some reason and rationale, which was decorum and order and safety in the proceedings of the city council. Um, But we overreacted is what's happened here. And what effectively was done was the implementation um, of procedural kettling, if you will, where the regular general public was squeezed into a really confined set of circumstances, right? And what's ironic about that is at the same time, um, uh, 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 there are folks on the floor of the city council who through their political organizations and networks are organizing people to come in large numbers to fill that very compressed circumstantial galley with with bodies and voices to support legislation that's coming up, right? Mm-hmm. We can't do both. And there is one thing in all of this. There, there's sort of been a reaction one way. Credit to the administration for saying, okay, we get it. We've gone too far here. We're going to draw it back, and we'll figure it out. But, you know, all of this is supposed to be done by the sergeant at arms. That's yeah. the person who's supposed to provide for the order. And the fact of the matter is, and this is something that I've heard from aldermen for a very long time is – that's a function nobody understands that's not providing for the actual security and to the extent that these regulations or rules have been pulled back there's a big question who pulled them back was it the mayor and if the mayor pulled them back that is the mayor responsible for them in the first place was it the rules committee chair Mm -hmm. who we haven't heard from here who's running the city council which goes to a bigger question that i've raised before who actually is in charge who is in charge city council
1: so what do you think here what are potential solutions to get to the root of the issue here, preventing disruptive and chaotic council meetings. How do we do that? I think... I think And still have that public access.
0: Specified rules for decorum and enforcement of those rules of decorum within the broader space that allows for full um, public access, presence, and participation. We have to, as soon as somebody is stepping out of line, you get one warning, and then that person is dismissed. What's happened recently is... We've allowed for that one person to become five, to become 10, and then the whole place is in an uproar. And at that point, we've cleared the room. Mm -hmm. We have to say, look, treat this as a classroom, basically. The mayor is a former teacher. Treat this as a classroom. You do not allow somebody who is acting out to stay in the classroom and disrupt the whole thing.
1: So another topic, Joe, uh, talks of raising the retirement age from 63 to 65 for um, police and firefighters. Now, this is a proposal that's being considered by city council. So supporters like uh, police and fire chair, uh, fire committee chair, Chris uh, Talifero, uh, they say that uh, there are financial benefits for the police pension system, and they give uh, police opportunities to add to their pension for two more years, essentially. But others are concerned about how demanding the job could be for a 65-year-old. So considering these potential financial benefits, I wonder what your thoughts would be on this
0: Um, the first order of business is to is to assure the public safety Mm -hmm. and the folks on the front line are police officers and so the first question has to be exactly um, uh, as you just articulated which is is a 62 year old uh, man in a position to actually perform the job which is an extraordinarily stressful job Mm -hmm. in the way that's needed today and if the answer is no the discussion is over with respect to extending yeah cuz
1: what about 65
0: that's right that's right it's um, a bigger no there was a there was a reason for 62 and there'd be a reason for 59 that's the place that we first have the discussion we don't have it on the basis of money the money follows. We, we, we make the most efficacious use of the money within the context of what the mission requires. And so we should have the discussion first with respect to what it means to have 65-year-old people with badges and guns on the street.
1: Now, in your time as Inspector General, we all remember this, you weren't afraid to butt heads with mayors, or department heads, uh, you led detailed audits and investigations into the failures and the inner workings of local government. So, how do you think your time as IG will inform how you lead the Civic Federation? You said earlier that they're similar in a way; these watchdog roles. They
0: are, and and you know, there's a characterization of of of, of past work that I've done as aggressive, and you use the term butting heads. Um, never, never approached any aspect of the job from the perspective of butting heads. Facts are facts. And this is this is what the defined role was. So
1: you don't like that term?
0: Um, It's not that I don't like that term. It's just that it sells well, but it doesn't actually describe what's going on, because even in the context where there's butting heads, quote unquote, your quote. um, (laughs) Indeed. There's also conversations that's going on behind the scenes, this is how we did it, this is why we did this, this is how we did it, this is why the facts are what they are, these are your opportunities for what to do. And then there's a choice for those on the receiving end as to how they wanna play that. But it's not like this is a surprise, right? And that speaks to relationship. That speaks to the capacity to have um, multiple levels of relationship, of, of 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 dialogue that are going on mm-hmm. um, with everybody understanding you're doing the right thing for the right reason, the right way, and you got to do it. That's the job. And they've got to do what they've got to do, and that's the job. That greater understanding actually um, allows for the possibility of solution-oriented response, which is really what the objective is. Here, uh, there's no investigative power. That's not the job itself. This is actually bringing forward work for the purpose, specifically, of helping to facilitate the work of solutions. It is the same work. But it's a slightly calibrated and altered sort of form of relationship and dialogue. And and frankly, sometimes in the more successful times where there weren't – where there wasn't butting heads, mm-hmm. it was rooted in exactly that form of relationship.
1: But do you need a bit of that, the, you, the butting heads, or is it more about working with government? It,
0: it, so here's the thing. The facts are what – but where, where the budding comes into play, the facts are the facts and you have to say what the facts are and you cannot shrink from what the facts are mm-hmm. for the sake of avoiding the conflict. But it's the facts that drive that. And it's really about the response to those facts. And what I think everybody I personally believe that most people believe is that it's not about whether or not something hasn't gone well, isn't going well or there was a mistake. They look for our leaders to say, hey, that didn't work out. We're going to get it right this time. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's it just sort of own it. Everyone knows this is a human enterprise. These are complex times, right? And so there is the opportunity for those on the receiving end. And if you're having the dialogue front end with them yeah. as this is coming forward, hopefully you can sort of walk them down that path.
1: Was this an easy decision to take this role?
0: Uh, it, it was um In most respects, absolutely. Um, You know, hopefully I'm talking in ways here that that manifest that this is very much aligned with what I've done in the past, both in terms of skills and orientation. Um, It is um, uh, it has not been lost on me for a second that I'm stepping into big shoes. Mm -hmm. And when you step into big shoes, um, some people are going to say your shoes are too big. You look like a clown. And the main job in the first instance is just not trip over your feet. Um, but that in and of itself is an opportunity. Part of Lawrence Massal's legacy was to, was to leave a gold standard in terms of the Civic Federation's standing and reputation for analysis, for being that facilitator. And it's a great honor to be in, be in the position of having the opportunity to carry that forward.
1: Yeah, you've said uh, you hope to use this position to elevate government standards, make government more efficient, and hold it accountable.
0: It's a lot. Uh, been there, done that. Some people can say you haven't done it so well because things don't seem to be better. But you know what? You just got to keep at it.
1: Yeah, I mean, you might, you're you're the guy for this, don't you think?
0: I, uh, thank you for saying that. I do.
1: How do you see the the Civic Federation's role overall in Chicago and Illinois?
0: Um, I, I, to harken back to something that I said at the beginning, um, it, it is it is actually to lay the facts on the table. Um, it is the gold standard as it relates to fiscal and budgetary issues, um, whether pension or um, or the, the core operating budgets at three levels of government. Those three levels of government relate to each other. They each need the other to succeed. And I don't think there's enough appreciation for that fact. Um, Mayor Prisker needs Mayor Johnson – uh, sorry, Governor Prisker needs Mayor Johnson to succeed. The same thing, absolutely the case for President Preckwinkle, um, whose jurisdiction largely is coextensive with the city itself, Right. Um, and quite often the conversations that we're having are at one level or another mm-hmm. and don't involve the whole. I think the Civic Federation actually is in a position um, in bringing forward what is what I, what I hope ha- always has been and always will be helpful information to serve as the touchstone for facilitating the dialogue about how government can be more than the sum of its parts mm-hmm. rather than rather than fighting with each other.
1: Well, these, these changes you're, you're mentioning, could they happen on your watch?
0: Abs- absolutely. A- a- look, um, uh, I-, I said when I was in government, um, somebody said, well, this, that or the other thing is impossible. And I said, look, the job is to try to do the impossible. The same thing applies here. We all, I, I think this is an unusual time in that there is a broad cross-section of constituents in the city that know things aren't good and we're up against it. That results in a lot of fear, which can be exploited for division, but it's also a, it's also something that can be used for unification and people coming together who normally would be antagonistically oppositional to each other.
1: So January 16th is around the corner, Joe.
0: It is around the corner. Your
1: first priority?
0: The first priority actually is to... Um, and I, I actually had an opportunity to meet with the staff yesterday, and I told them my first the, my first priority actually was so the work um, of the financial and budgetary work of of the federation is really significantly driven by pre existing schedules the budgetary schedules of all of these levels all of these components of government. And that in and of itself chews up so much bandwidth that the discretionary stuff that really could leverage the meaning and the impact of that gets lost. And so to draw that out from staff to say, hey, how do we leverage the strengths already? And where are the obvious low hanging fruit for how we expand to get into, and I mentioned equity before, equity and sustainability. Those can't just be um, uh, commitments. They can't just be intentions. They have to reside in how we talk about issues and how we actually formulate policy and hold it accountable. And that is that will definitely be a theme.
1: Joe Ferguson, former Chicago Inspector General, soon to be new president of the Civic Federation on January 16th. Congrats again. Thank you. This episode was produced by Dan Tucker, and it was edited by Meha Ahmed and Max Lubbers. If you liked this episode, we host conversations with newsmakers throughout the Chicago area. You can browse Reset's full catalog of interviews at wbez.org reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll meet again tomorrow. Thank you for listening.